0: Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and interest continues in cannabinoids. And uh, this is a topic that, uh, well, we rolled out several years ago here on Intelligent Medicine, but it just uh, is a very, very big uh, contribution to the nutraceutical industry these days because uh, so many people are talking CBD and uh, hemp-derived compounds. And I can't think of a better person to talk to about this subject than today's guest. Uh, He's an old friend and colleague. Uh, I've known him for, well, I hate to say for how long, decades and decades. Uh, He really has been um, at some of the most important places in the uh, integrative health movement. Uh, His new book is entitled Road to Ananda. It's a simple guide to the endocannabinoid system, hemp, phytocannabinoids, CBD, CBD, and your health. He's Carl Germano. And Carl, uh, you know, just go out and make yourself a cup of coffee or something like that, because it's going to take a few minutes for me to introduce you. Okay, just, you know, uh, kick back, <laughs> because Carl has a lot of uh, qualifications. He's uh, a board-certified clinical nutritionist. Uh, he has a master's degree in clinical nutrition from NYU, uh, over 35 years of experience in product development, although to look at, to, although to look at him, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that. Uh, and he is the author of, actually we've interviewed him several times over, uh, the course of our, uh, several decade career here on radio. Uh, we've interviewed him about the book, nature's painkillers. Uh, the osteoporosis solution was a book I believe that came out in the eighties, early nineties, the brain wellness plan. And now, uh, he's focused on the health benefits of cannabinoids. Uh, also he's got a nutrition practice at the nutrition therapy center in New York, for many years, and uh, he's lectures all over the place. Uh, he says he's, I just asked him, and he said, I feel like I'm living out of a garment bag because <laughs> he's traveling a lot and talking, and he's a frequent uh, guest on radio. So, Carl, it's a pleasure having you on Intelligent Medicine. Thanks for joining us.
1: Dr. Hoffman, it's always a pleasure. And yes, we go way back, and I remember the days of brown rice and and broccoli in your Upper West Side place that you were cooking for me. So uh, we're showing our age by telling everyone we've been around for decades.
0: That's right. We had a we had a test kitchen in my uh, first practice, and uh, it, it was wonderful because we would take you know we would tell the patients what to eat. We'd take them downstairs. We'd teach them how to prepare food, and uh, that was back in the day. So uh, I guess you know both of us we've had diverse uh, careers, but we've you know certainly been. Uh, pioneers in this field, and you are right on top of a really, really exciting trend, uh, which is uh, CBD. But I think CBD, s- saying these initials kind of minimizes this because, as your book points out, it's there's more to this than just CBD, right?
1: Yes, and unfortunately, uh, you know, we've been misled over the past 70 years by the government or plus more than 70 years by the government uh, regarding Cannabis, both hemp and marijuana, how it's been treated or mistreated, and then finally in, in uh, December of last year, hemp finally uh, got deregulated. So to speak. it was the
0: Farm Bill of uh, 2018, which is a big uh, omnibus bill with a lot of pork, you know, being dealt out to various uh, special interests and constituencies. But one of the nice things about it is that uh, they finally recognized the hemp as legit, you know, not something to be uh, eradicated or suppressed.
1: Not at all, and you know it 's been around for thousands of years uh, food, clothing, fiber, fuel, and, and very important medicinals uh, from the the important class of compounds found in hemp, which is phytocannabinoids, of which c b d is just one so while we 've been misled by the government for seventy plus years, it's been a little bit misleading about talking just about c b d when we look at this marvelous plant on this planet, and that is there's close to 100 different phytocannabinoids in the plant, CBD being the most dominant. But while the others are there, minor in number, they certainly are not minor in the body, because CBD, in and of itself, on its own, cannot support the body's endocannabinoid system, which we'll talk about uh, by itself, and it needs some of the other family members around that does that do very different things uh, as a complement. Uh, to CBD, or if not, even more important. And so we must look at this, and this, Doctor Hoffman is no different than any botanical we have come to this trade with. Mm-hmm. You know, there are there's more than one ginsenoside in ginseng. Mm-hmm. There's more than one curcuminoid in curcumin. There's more than one ginkgolide in ginkgo. I can go on and on and mm-hmm. on. Well, there's more than one phytocannabinoid in hemp, mm-hmm. and I'm not taking anything away from the importance yeah. of CBD. It's just that we need the rest of the family around.
0: And, and that's truly a, a sort of a, a naturopathic uh, approach to this because the pharmaceutical approach uh, studies plants uh, in order to identify an active compound, which they then uh, purify or synthesize. Uh, or develop uh, a chemical analog. And that's the basis. Uh, it's been the basis for drug development for, for decades. And, and still, you know, they still survey plants. You know, they bring in plants from the jungle and they say, oh, there's this exciting compound within the plant. Uh, we can purify that. We can amplify its effects. And then we'll have a, a perfect drug for whatever, an antibiotic or, you know, some sort of heart medicine. Um, you know, for the example of which, uh, you know, digitalis from Foxglove turned into uh, digoxin or linoxin uh, and on and on. We have many examples, chemotherapy drugs. Uh, but, uh, the book is entitled The Road to Ananda. And that, you know, when I first saw that. I said, this reminds me of a Bob Hope movie, you know, like the road to, you know, <laughs> the road to Mandalay or something. You remember those movies from the 1940s? And maybe you're, uh, you're not a, uh, a, a viewer of these classic movies, but, um, what is Ananda? and sure it, it actually there's it it's become a scientific term ananda minds yeah. right
1: right yep. so i i titled the book road to ananda for several reasons that all tie in together other than my classic uh, western medical training um i've also uh went through yoga teacher training and very much in, into the eastern medic- med- medical medical uh, uh, approaches as well ananda is a sanskrit word that means bliss Mm -hmm. and it was also the word that was used to describe the first cannabinoid we discovered we produce in our own bodies called anandamide Mm -hmm. so why do they use anandamide It, it refers to bliss well anandamide is one of the cannabinoids that actually attaches to the same receptor that thc attaches to tetrahydrocannabinol in marijuana. Well, certainly, anandamide is nowhere near as potent as THC, but it absolutely has effects on mood, reward, behavior. It is also responsible for the runner's high that people get after exercise. So those who think that endorphins are the reason for the runner's high You're going to have to think again. In the Journal of Experimental Biology, they looked at humans, dogs, ferrets, and after strenuous treadmill exercise, what has been noted is significant, significant increases of anandamide levels after exercise. Now, to understand this further, as it has effects on mood, behavior, reward, and feelings, that anandamide not only attaches to the cannabinoid receptors in the body, But both of the cannabinoids we produce, both anandamide and 2-AG, are quite promiscuous. They touch other receptors. And we found out that anandamide also influences endorphin and opioid receptors, hence the nice, mild feeling of euphoria after exercise or the good feeling. And so anandamide, ananda, meaning bliss, Sanskrit word. Now, the road to inner bliss... For all people is to maintain homeostasis health well-being balance well guess what your endocannabinoid system does on a global scale it is responsible for maintaining homeostasis so you cannot be healthy you cannot be well unless your endocannabinoid system is nourished and supported and that's why the tie-in road to ananda road to inner bliss is all through the endocannabinoid system and quite frankly For all those out there that are taking CBD supplements, in order to appreciate CBD, in order to appreciate all the other phytocannabinoids found in these full-spectrum oils, one must appreciate this physiological system called the endocannabinoid system that's been buried since the 1990s because of the stigma attached to cannabinoids, which is quite tragic it's a travesty, but it's unfolding. And it was necessary for me to do this book to start inciting this interest in the endocannabinoid system, because it's going to be around a very, very long time. And phytocannabinoids are going to be around a very, very long time, of which CBD is just the start and just the beginning.
0: What you, uh, Scored an introduction from a guy who's very instrumental in, in launching this revolution. Uh, he's Dr. Raphael Mashulam, uh, who's an Israeli scientist. Uh, Congratulations, because, you know, that's a little bit like uh, you're going to write a, a book about uh, the U.S. Constitution is to, uh, you know, get a seance with uh, George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or something, you know, because really he's considered, quote, the father of cannabinoid medicine. Uh, and uh, what he has to say here about the potential of this stuff is uh, very exciting. Can you can you summarize it in lay terms? You know what his uh, research has shown?
1: Josh, well, you have to understand, back in the 60s, he was the person who discovered the receptors of why THC causes the intoxicating effects it has in the body. Mm-hmm. This kind of unraveled to, for us to understand, well, if so we So he's have a top
0: neuroscientist. He really is, uh, understands just the, the physiology, the, the lock and key mechanisms by which this works.
1: He's the professor of medicinal chemistry at Hebrew University in Jerusalem, and he's been around for quite some time in the cannabinoid space. And so he started that in the 60s, and then lo and behold, after that discovery, uh, the question uh, was, well, if we have these receptors that THC is hitting, then there must be something in the body that's touching these receptors as well. What are they doing there? And so this all led to a very important decade of discovery, the 1990s. This is when Dr. Raphael Mechoulam and his colleagues at the National Institute of Mental Health here in the US and others have unraveled probably one of the most important medical discoveries in quite some time and that is the unraveling of this endocannabinoid system and its implications in health maintenance and disease both prevention and treatment. And so he is one of the biggest names and in the book I uh, you know I I lead him off as the uh, leader of Mount Hempmore, uh, with <laughs> a, his colleague uh, carved out in the mountain there. But without a doubt, uh, he is an esteemed individual. Uh, where his work, and I have said this clearly to him, you are known in the scholarly circles. You are known within the scientific community. Your work and the importance of the endocannabinoid system needs to get into the hands of every human being. It needs to be taught in high school to college to practitioner school, I've got to get a book out at the layman, slightly technical level uh, to make sure everybody is going to understand this important system and why it will be the target of almost every single nutritional protocol. And this is not talking about the fact that this is a panacea. Your endocannabinoid system is modulating Mm -hmm. all physiological functioning in the body. It is the conductor of the orchestra that leads to communication, mass communication throughout the body, making sure that every organ function and every physiological function is on par. And we have to nourish it. We have to support it because, quite frankly, like everything else we produce in our body, the cannabinoids we produce at times, whether it be aging, genetics, disease, medications, stress, there are times we don't produce enough of the cannabinoids we are supposed to produce and therefore your endocannabinoid system suffers and therefore what we see in the literature are what we call endocannabinoid deficiency Mm -hmm. states, migraine, fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, Mm. inflammatory, neurological conditions are all known to be endocannabinoid deficiency states which can be suitably treated Mm -hmm. by giving... Phytocannabinoids.
0: So so this is not something where we can, uh, uh, there's no metric where we can draw blood and get like a vitamin D level, or we can look at an omega-3 index and determine uh, if people are low. Uh, so far, we don't have uh, good markers. So it's, it's based on a, a clinical assessment that it's likely uh, that people's pain coping mechanisms, people's uh, sleep mechanisms, uh, various uh, bodily systems are not functioning optimally. Am I correct?
1: Well, we, well we now have various uh, published studies to show that our cannabinoids and andamide and 2AG, almost act as biological markers for disease and disease progression. I mean, in translational psychiatry, 2014, they look at, at anandamide levels. When this, they this got. this is
0: commercially available? I mean, can you go, because I'd be interested in running those those tests as a screen on some patients. Is, is it a test? My that, gut
1: feeling is that this is all new, and yeah. it's not going to be part of the, the okay. standard blood screen yet. But the fact that they are measuring them in the blood, mm-hmm. and it's experimental. bush uh, it'll eventually uh, make its way uh, to uh, people uh, having having that assessed. Oh, we actually wait that. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, when anandamide levels get too low, the, the, it, it results in various conditions like stress-induced anxiety, migraine headaches. Uh, I mean, the list continues to go on and on. So we must contend with the fact that the endocannabinoid system is at the heart and soul of all nutritional protocols and. You know, it's going to kind of pave the way and be dominant in nutrition and medicine for decades. Mm-hmm. We have just started to unravel the science, let alone entry into the marketplace of compounds coming from hemp that can a- help feed and nourish the endocannabinoid system. But that is the most important story. So it's not about CBD. It's not even about phytocannabinoids. It's it's all about nourishing, supporting the endocannabinoid system so we can be well. We can maintain homeostasis. Uh, we can have this ad- major adaptogenic system in our bodies ward off diseased disease uh, in our bodies. So it's something to contend with, and uh, we have just scratched the surface.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the connection between... Uh the cannabinoid system and uh, exercise, uh, how does that work? Exercise generates cannabinoids or could excessive exercise uh, deplete uh, or overwhelm your your endogenous production of cannabinoids and you may require uh, some additional support?
1: Well, that's a great question because it was the subject of my prior book called The Misled Athlete, Mm -hmm. where I made the analogy that the athlete was no different than a cancer patient times uh, when I was dealing with oncology. And that is to say, after strenuous activity, we see the same issues at the molecular level we see in, in an oncology patient. Hmm. They break down muscle, hmm. produce inflammation, hmm. oxidative stress, immune suppression, and fatigue. Mm-hmm. And so we have to look at exercise as a stressor mm-hmm. and a stressor that has to be contended with by the human body. And after strenuous activity, the body goes through a little bit of hell to deal with. Mm-hmm. Now we have... Sounds like mechanism. my morning
0: workout uh, this morning. My uh, personal trainer uh, put me on the TRX and uh, gave me a, uh, an 18-pound medicine ball to throw up in the yeah. air a bunch of times, and man, I was really gassed.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, think about it. Your body, uh, you, you, know, you know, stress, the stress of exercise is like the stress of disease at a very different, uh, certainly transient level, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, we have natural mechanisms to recover from the stress of exercise. Mm -hmm. But we know these mechanisms can be hampered by a variety of factors. The point of the matter is stress of exercise, it needs to be dealt with by the endocannabinoid system. When we see people go through strenuous exercise, all the cannabinoids that we produce get elevated because they are dealing with Mm -hmm. inflammation, oxidative stress, neurotransmission, anti-inflammatory effects both in the brain and at the tissue level, all of the things that we see that are negatives of exercise that we normally can deal with, but as we get older or, mm. or, or whatever the, the issue is, um, we have to help the body adapt to that stressor. And the endocannabinoid system is the primary system to do so even after exercise.
0: So I, I know you work, uh, you actually uh, personally uh, uh, work with a lot of, ex- of, a lot of athletes. Uh, would you recommend that Athletes take uh, CBD or a, a, a perhaps a, a more broad spectrum uh, hemp derived uh, anti inflammatory compound?
1: Absolutely. And I, I look at the use of uh, phytocannabinoids like CBD both before and after exercise. Why? Right. Well, your endocannabinoid system is involved in, A, protecting the mitochondria, the part of the cell that produces energy, which you need desperately when you're doing exercise. It protects that. It is also involved in the production of ATP energy as well. So we've got that issue covered for pre-workout. Then we have to deal with the stressors of exercise after you work out, and that is elevated inflammatory mm-hmm. markers, elevated oxidative stress markers, both of which the endocannabinoid system controls. So this is probably one of the biggest stories to be told for the uh, sports community Mm -hmm. that supporting the endocannabinoid system before and after are going to be primary targets for both performance and recovery, right? Uh, in addition to whatever else is out there, but well, you know, this is a major, major story for athletes in the sports marketplace,
0: and a big consideration. I mean, obviously, for amateur athletes, uh, you know, we don't get uh, drug tested, we don't have to be WADA compliant, you know, World Anti-Doping Association compliant. But uh, for individuals, you know, say uh, high school athletes, college athletes, uh, professional athletes, uh, Olympic athletes, uh, NCAA competitors. Um, is there a potential downside in taking a CBD product because you might get a a trace of a THC signal in a urine test?
1: Yeah. Well, that has been always a concern. And understand that hemp, by definition, has to have, at least the U.S. government, uh, less than 0.3% THC on Mm -hmm. a dry weight basis. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, uh, many people want to take a lot more or will chronically take it and the issue is, will it show up in a uh, blood or urine test? Well, the answer to that is, at the normal dosages of providing 10 to 25 milligrams of CBD, that is highly unlikely that mm. will happen. Mm. Nevertheless, we know people don't follow recommendations. They mm. want to take if more If a little than is good, a
0: lot is better. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, but the good news is, is that companies that supply raw materials uh, to companies that make finished products today are able to provide raw materials, CBD-rich hemp oils, with literally undetectable THC levels. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. that will not be an issue moving forward as not only the science is evolving, so are the extraction methods, Mm -hmm. so are the processing methods, uh, so that uh, this will not be an issue for anyone probably within the next couple of months.
0: And and has WADA or any of the major sports associations, you know, NCAA or any of those, have they ruled on this? Because I, I know a lot of athletes will want to take this because, I mean, at the very least to overcome uh, muscle soreness, you know, some people are sometimes using topical CBD for muscle strains and sprains uh, and so on. And so uh, there's got to be some sort of policy on this uh, that may exempt athletes from, uh, you know, the drug testing, require. I mean, some of those stringent um, criteria.
1: Well, we know water has taken CBD off their ban list. Oh, they cool. Did that okay. Then- very of last year great so that's that's fine and then you know when you talk about uh, inflammation and what have you you know the US government in 2003 got issued a patent on the neuroprotective effects of cannabinoids mm. found in cannabis mm. hemp uh, and and in that pape, in that uh, patent they talk all about how cannabinoids the non-intoxicating ones like CBD mm-hmm. can mm. reduce further damage to the, the brain after stroke or trauma. And when it comes to trauma, football, soccer, martial arts, what have you, this is incredibly important. Not to mention A, the
0: military, you know, the VA system that deals so much with, uh, uh, P, uh, you know, IED injuries and, uh, you know, various types of uh, head trauma.
1: Sure. And, and we, we know very well that after strenuous activity, general raise of inflammatory markers is common, let alone if you're involved in a contact sport, Uh, this could be a remarkable natural compound that prevents brain damage in these Mm -hmm. individuals. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, we are at the cusp of something that is just Mm -hmm. going to change uh, botanical medicine as Mm -hmm. we know it. Uh, We have buried this plant. We have buried the science. We have prevented education for way too long it's now going to explode, and rightfully is so. exploding,
0: yeah. And uh, presumably you know Michael Lewis, uh, who is um, a guy who heads up uh, Brain Health Research Institute, uh, which originally uh, he put all his uh, bets on fish oil as a means of preventing and also treating uh, head trauma. And now he's really on board with CBD as an adjunct to the uh, fish oil protocol that he uses for head injury. Uh, Clearly, there's some synergy between fish oil and and CBD or uh, broad-spectrum hemp-derived compounds uh, for concussions and for head trauma.
1: Well, a a lot more. Uh, There is enough data out there right now to show that people who are omega-3 deficient, their endocannabinoid system suffers. Hmm. The cannabinoid receptors are not as active. And these omega-3s and phospholipids act as backbone structures to actually produce cannabinoids, anandamide, and 2-AG in the human body. And so uh, we look at numerous papers that show the relationship of low omega-3 status and poor endocannabinoid functioning. And we see the same issues, people who are omega-3 deficient you know, stress, inflammation, and uh, uh, all the conditions you see with people who have low end, uh, omega-3 status are the same conditions we see in people who are endocannabinoid deficient. So there is an intimate relationship between the two, and I suggest anyone out there who is taking full-spectrum uh, uh, hemp oils for CBD content, uh, take it with your omega-3 Uh, fish oils. Mm -hmm. It not only will complement each other in terms of supporting the endocannabinoid system, but also omega-3 phospholipids will help with absorption of these phytocannabinoids into the body.
0: Okay, great stuff and uh, really a useful introduction to the subject, but we got uh, a lot more to cover. and We're going to take a deeper dive into the application of uh, cannabinoids, hemp-derived phytocannabinoids, uh, which include CBD, but a whole lot more uh, the book is The Road to Ananda. Our guest is Carl Germano. And uh, in uh, part two, we're going to look at uh, anxiety, sleep, uh, eye health, gastrointestinal health, and even uh, cancer, because there's some implications for all of those. And it's in the book. Uh, we'll be right back to talk more about uh hemp-derived phytocannabinoids. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.